episode 150 of wanderings and wool gathering on tonight's episode we are going to be reviewing the latest album from greta van fleet or as some people might say led zeppelin 2.0 we wouldn't say that on this show because we have integrity but some might anyway Starcatcher, that's the album we're going to talk about that one tonight and we're also going to pick some of our favorite movie moments so it should be a fun episode before we get started, I would like to talk about our sponsors. First of all, Kokomo Lantern, journalistic endeavor focused upon the simple principles of illuminating the good and eliminating the shadows in our local community. Check out kokomolantern.substack.com. And we are also sponsored by The Pressing Issue. Let The Pressing Issue take care of your comics with their expert cleaning and pressing services. Believe me, it works. I just had it done, and it turned around a book for me, and it uh, came out better than I possibly could have imagined. So um, it's the place to send your books for expert care and affordable prices. Check them out on Facebook and look for the familiar red and white logo. All right, we got a lot of work to do tonight, but I don't do this on my own. I've got a co-host here. You know who it is? Metalhead Monday. Step inside into his mind, his boy Ben time. It's... Metalhead Monday. Hello, hello, hello. It's almost like you were on cue. I, you know, we've, we've done this a few times now. Yeah. I want Joe Rife back on the show just because I miss his theme song. No offense, <laughs> I love you. Joe. Joe's wonderful, but I love his theme song even more. You could play it anytime, just, you know, just to reminisce. <laughs> <laughs> we might do that. And the smooth stylings of Paul. <laughs> Dang it. I missed that. Um, hey, we got, um, it is the 23rd. You and I will be heading out on the 29th, I believe, to a big concerto down in uh, Noblesville at Ruoff, pronounced Deer Creek. Yep. So. I think I might get a, uh, a Deer Creek Music Center t-shirt. There's a site that has all kinds of like, uh, old school Indiana staples mm -hmm. and like that's one I think they have a market square arena shirt they have like Hoosier a Dome. Hoosier Dome I think a hooks drug shirt they got all kinds of cool stuff like that yeah that's awesome everybody remembers Deer Creek yeah buddy so much better when things didn't have to have sponsors and weird <laughs> names like Gainbridge Fieldhouse yeah well I think uh what is it? About a month from now, we'll be going to the what is it? The TCU Amphitheater at the White yeah. River, whatever that's called. Yeah, now. exactly. We're gonna. It go used to, to be just White called the, the Lawn at White yeah. River. <laughs> that's where I'm going. I don't know where you're going, but yeah. <laughs> so, oh well, the show will be the same regardless of what it's called. So, yep. Anyway, all right. Well, I believe. You issued the challenge, did you not? I did. I did. So what made you come up with this challenge? What was it that? Well, I was listening to something. I, you know, I work by myself all day. So I listen to podcasts all day. And I don't remember. I don't remember which one it was, but I was listening to something and they were talking about 
uh, a movie and you know how this movie may or may not be better than other versions of this movie because it's like the third or fourth one and uh it just got me thinking about when i saw this movie and how i reacted to a certain scene so yeah the basic challenge is pick a perfect moment from a movie like it it's just it had to happen this way uh you know how it happened was just exactly right that kind of thing just the perfect movie moment so how many did you pick i only have the one that's all that was the challenge i just wanted the one because i wanted to discuss whatever we picked Okay, I do have the one, and I've got lots of reasons why and lots of thoughts yeah. about the whole thing. Um, yeah. Do you want to just hear my quick... These are the ones that when I started thinking about it, it just instantly was like, okay, these are great things, but I didn't choose them because yeah. I felt this other one had a lot more going for it. Yeah, I mean, I could I could have sat and probably picked several quick, you know, honorable mentions as well, but, mm -hmm. I, you know, that's... Yeah, let's hear them. Okay. So the first one, and I think I even mentioned this before, but it's Star Wars Episode Four, the first scene with the Tantive Four flying, and then here comes the Star Destroyer, like right. starting in the middle of the action. Mm -hmm. Such a great concept for a movie, and it just it became shows uh, the the scope of the danger, the know? scale, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that was our introduction to Darth Vader, which was cool. So that's right. why I thought instantly, being a Star Wars guy, anyway, that was that was that one. Um, the scene where Bruce Willis realizes he's dead in Sixth Sense. I don't care for that movie. Uh, I really don't. Even if you didn't like it, I think it was cleverly done. It was the only thing that M. Night Shyamalan has done that really holds up or makes, uh, you know, is really good. But I really, I, I prefer Unbreakable much more to. I did enjoy that too. Yeah. I did. Yeah. But it's just that scene I thought was clever to go back then and, and piece it back together. So that's sure. why I picked that one. Um, Lloyd Dobler with the boombox above his head and say anything. Of course. Great scene. Great scene. Um, airplane. Don't call me Shirley. Cause I've said that a million <laughs> times in my life. I don't know. I I think the, uh, the jive talking scene might be a little better. <laughs> no, you didn't realize though, that, that, that whole thing for Leslie Nielsen spawned a TV series that was brilliant and got canceled. And that's really? TV. Oh, police squad. Oh, well, yeah, really? That came out of that? Well, it was because he became such like a deadpan comic actor that they did that okay. after the fact. And, that makes uh, sense. Yeah, it was just a beautiful show, and it didn't make it. And I don't know how, when you watch yeah, some yeah. of those interrogation scenes, wow. Great yeah, stuff. that's uh, Yeah, that show, and then, of course, we got the Naked Gun movies out of that. Yep, yep. Um, I have two more. Um, the Crazy 88's Walk in Kill Bill with Battle Without Honor or Humanity, that song. I just yep. <laughs> visually, I love it. It's kind of like uh, Reservoir Dogs. He has one of those good ones too. Um, mm -hmm. And then the last one, uh, a little more meaningful. It's a Wonderful Life. At the end, every time a bell rings, an angel gets it. You know that whole thing. I love that scene. Sure. Great movie. Um, but anyway, those are just those are the ones that popped in immediately before I came up with my answer. Okay. Do you have any I other think, that just yeah. stand out like that for you, where you're just. Uh... I can, yeah, I can think of maybe one or two. I the scene in Jaws mm. where um, Hooper sees Bruce, and you know the whole "we're gonna need a bigger boat." Bigger, yep, 
And also from that movie, the whole USS Indianapolis speech from Quint is um, mm -hmm. amazing. Yep. Um, but, you know. Uh, Scarface. Yeah, I don't love that movie either. <laughs> that scene, though, I think everybody can quote at least that line. You yeah. Know? Does that make it perfect or just yeah. memorable? Goodfellows. Uh, do I dude, amuse I, you? That whole thing. Yeah, I, I watched that movie every day the summer that it hit pay-per-view because we had a hot box and I could. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Anyway. You know, good stuff. Okay. Well, shall we get to our big ones? Absolutely. All right, you want me to do it, go first or you want to go first? Uh, it doesn't matter. It was your challenge. You choose. Um, I'm interested to see hear what you picked. Okay. So, um, this, this whole scene, this whole scenario of the, actually it's two scenes together almost can make you tear up just thinking about it. Um, I'm going with Avengers Endgame and the, I am Iron Man because I feel like what Marvel did in those, what, 26 movies or whatever it was, starting with Iron Man. I don't know that now, I think we're past being able to ever replicate that or even come close to what they accomplished in that time period. Yeah. And then starting with Iron Man and the perfect casting, and then you end with the, the person that started it all, probably one of the most beloved characters throughout the MCU and the movies. Oh, for sure. You know, yeah, giving his own life to save everyone, to do the snap. You know, and it's so cool because, you know, Thanos is like, I am inevitable. It doesn't mm -hmm. work. And then he's like, I am Iron Man. Yeah, he yeah. does the snap. He mm -hmm. wins, but it costs him his life. Um, and then I'm going to follow that up with this, the scene where he had uh, recorded a message. And in the message, he finishes it and he leans forward where, you know, of course, he's a hologram, but his daughter's there. And he says, the I love you 3000. Right. Um, I carry that on my wall or my keys. I've got the love you 3000 from Sistine. Um, I think that's so cool. But for me, what they accomplished is just absolutely amazing. I know people who love movies kind of crap on superhero movies. But honestly, what they did, I, I, I don't know that anybody could ever do anything like that again. And the finish for me was perfection. Yeah, I agree. hundred percent. That that's a good one. Yeah. So, okay. And I, I hope that, you know, it, I'm, I don't know. I think you're kind of a DC guy like me. My favorite character is Marvel, but everything else I read essentially is DC. I really want gun to do something amazing with DC like has happened previously with marvel and i don't know that it can happen but i'm really rooting yeah. for it because i love superman and all those characters so we'll see i don't i think you know marvel did so well with building the universe and even now what they are doing is not really holding up against what has come before so yep. i i don't care if you know dc creates their huge universe i just want good movies that's yep. all i care about I want characters I that you can care about. Yeah. If if they are connected in some way, great. I don't need that. I you know, Marvel did it, they did it perfectly. Great. I, I just want good movies with the characters that I love. So no, no, I'm with you on that. I guess with my pick, it's that you came to love Tony Stark. Absolutely. You love that character. Yeah, yeah. So when he sacrificed himself, you feel it. 
you know, I mean, yeah. they've been built yes. so well. So I'm with you. If we can, if we can get great storytelling and use the characters the way that they should be used, that will happen because yeah. they've been on the page forever and we've loved those. So yes. All right. Anyway, enough of that. So in game for me, what do you got? So mine was, um, what I was listening to, they were discussing, um, a star is born. The most recent one, of course, with uh, Gaga and Bradley, Bradley Cooper. Cooper. Yeah. So I have I have seen I saw that in the theater, and the was it the previous one? Was that all the way back to Streisand and Chris Christopherson? That's the only thing I know. I yeah. you know what I didn't even see the Cooper one. Really? I have not. So this is. You know, well, now I may have to after I hear your reasoning. I cannot recommend it enough. It is amazing. Okay. It's so good. I did not care for the Streisand Christopherson one. Mm -hmm. It was okay, but it just at this point, it just kind of feels like I don't know. It just kind of feels like an old movie. It doesn't feel like an amazing old movie. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And um, so I I was not sure going into the theater to see this movie what you know eh, whatever uh and oh my god it absolutely blew me away it is so so good uh, the music is amazing everybody that's in it is amazing sam elliott as bradley cooper's brother awesome he it's, played his brother huh yes he played his older brother who's kind of his like way older tour, tour manager or something <laughs> okay. like that but uh, and Bradley Cooper's kind of doing his best Sam Elliott through the whole like it, it's it, it was kind of weird at first, but it totally works. So I've seen some scene, I've seen him singing and, and things and it, yeah, they seem to have chemistry. It looks good. Yes. And he does all of his own singing. Mm -hmm. I think he worked on writing the songs with Gaga and whoever else. Mm -hmm. So but man, it's so good. Um, So, you know, you're watching the movie and like. Bradley Cooper plays this big superstar, you know, singer, songwriter guy. And Gaga's like this wannabe nobody songwriter. She, she, she's writing songs. She's performing. She's playing, you know, like hole in the wall, dive bars, that kind of thing. That's all she wants to do with her life. So she just chance meeting. They connect somehow he figures out that's what she does. She sings a song for him. Then he brings her in and kind of starts working with her. And in the movie, the very first time he has her come on and play with him, she's like, you know, she, she plays the stage fright perfectly. She's really nervous and she's kind of singing low. I think he starts out, it's the song that she wrote. And and so he starts singing, I think. And she comes in and she's singing quiet. <clears throat> and then like this one part hits and she just, bam, just belts. Out. And it is, I mean, I was bawling. It, <laughs> it, it is, I, I am not even ashamed of that. It is absolute perfection. And that she played it so well that it, it's just that feeling of an artist being discovered and coming into her own. And it's like that it's her moment and it's mm -hmm. just absolute perfection. 
I I cannot recommend that movie highly enough. We'll have to check it out. And she is wonderful, and she is yeah. so talented. And uh, I can't wait to see what she does in Joker. Um, I think that's going to be a spectacle to behold. I'm a little worried about that one, to be honest. I'm not. I think it's just like let's just throw crap uh, at the wall, and it's going to stick, and we're going to love it. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> You know what? I'd rather they do this. I feel like the formula is getting a bit stale. So I feel like if you try something off the wall, who knows? I mean, comics can do anything. So yeah, <laughs> we'll see what happens. But um, I will check that out. That you I've sh- heard good things. So you absolutely should. I, as much of a fan of music as you know we are, I think that plays into it. There's so much great music in it, and it's just so so good and gaga is i mean god such an amazing actress like Mm -hmm. she's one of those ones that pisses you off because like what can't she do you know Mm -hmm. and i was watching um sunday morning today and they had a huge thing on tony bennett Mm -hmm. and of course she comes into that because they did a lot of duets but the last show that he did you know he had alzheimer's and this was into his diagnosis so he already had the onstage or onset of it and um, his last show was with her. Wow. And yeah, it's the when they showed it, it's pretty incredible. So, yeah. Yeah, she's awesome. So I will check it out. Good to know that it hits you that hard. Yeah, it, I, it was. Yeah, <laughs> it really did. Well, you chose something like that and I chose the Avengers. <laughs> That's OK. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, uh, let's be honest, like I, I'm at the point in my life where I tear up at like stupid commercials. So you know, it's like... uh, the ending of Barbie will get you <laughs> nice. I mean, would... I really want to see that movie. I've heard it nothing but good things. So good. Yeah, it is so good. It's got a lot of heart. It's silly. It's fun. You're just you're going to go in and you're going to have a good time. Yeah, guaranteed. And I've told a couple other people and they've gone and everybody comes out and heck, I think it's got like a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Nice. So, all right. Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling is so good when he does comedy. He is fantastic. And he plays it so seriously. (laughs) Yeah. Which makes it even better. Yeah, he is. He is great. And um, Shang-Chi is in it as one of the Kens. Yes, I knew that. He is a scene stealer. He is. He's amazing. Um, and then um, Michael Sarah mm-hmm. as Alan. Yeah. Comedy gold. Nice. Yeah, he's perfect. All right. Well, that was the challenge for tonight. Next week's challenge is to pick our favorite songs that sample other songs. All right. So I expect to hear Ice Ice Baby from you. Oh, no, no. He had an extra beat. That's not a sample. Never I definitely mind. have. I definitely have one right off the top of my head. But, yeah, there's some great ones. Yeah. It'll be fun. I hope uh, T-Bags is on the show because I know he loves this kind of stuff. So he'll come yeah. up with some good ones. So, okay. So that is next week's challenge. But now we have to get to the work of the day, which is Greta Van Fleet, Starcatcher, which we'll just get it out of the way right now. Um, I'm sure lots of people say it. It's true. They do sound a little bit like Led Zeppelin. The... It's unmistakable. Uh-oh. We have a comment. I guarantee you it's going to be. Mm-hmm. I feel oh like we gosh. might I feel like we might get a few of these. <laughs> yes, I'm sure we will. But um and it's interesting. They when they came out, they obviously sound 
a little bit like Zeppelin. They just do. The sound is there. His voice is a lot like Plant. But it's almost like they've embraced it because there are a couple moments on this record that seem intentional. Oh, yes. Oh, which, oh yeah. You know, I, mean, I guess if you're going to be, you know, somebody's going to say that, just run with it. So, yeah. All right. So can we get an answer for which member of the band is the most gorgeous to you? P.S. The only answer is Josh. Okay. So Monday and I both say Josh. Sure. Josh Kiska is our answer. Okay. Because we have no choice. I know after listening to this, I think my favorite member might be uh, Danny Wagner, the drummer. <laughs> Did you not like the uh, guitarist? No, they're all great. Yeah. Like, you're a good but musician. But I, this, I, everyone, like every couple of songs, I'm just like, oh, damn, I like those drums. I, ooh, mm. I like that. All right. Well, let's get into it. Um, the first song, Fate of the Faithful. And um, I guess the first part is, is this a good album opener? Um, I think so. Uh, it kind of starts off. I, I, I think one thing that sets it off as a good, in, or not intro, but a good first track on an album is it, it kind of starts out a little quiet and understated so it automatically kind of pulls you in like you gotta listen you know and then it like boom kind of comes in hard and not hard but comes in loud and mm -hmm. they get their groove on so yeah um I, and you know i mean you can say this pretty much on any song but you know the first song i gotta say like um Josh Kiska, his vocal control is just absolutely ridiculous. And, um, you know, he tried, he showcases that right away. Um, all, all of this album, I think, um, pretty much all of it that I can like, you know, recall off the top of my head, it all has kind of a, you know, like a seventies ish feel to mm -hmm. it, a very retro feel. Um, and, production is probably a little bit cleaner than that but there are times when the production even sounds a little dirty so mm -hmm. um but yeah and this uh this song actually it has a decent guitar solo but if you listen under the guitar solo the drums are just fantastic mm -hmm. under that solo yeah so. i would agree i think it's a good album opener and <clears throat> where i think it really shines is in the chorus because um as he sings his voice like hits the scale and goes up. And that for me is like a great album opener as well, because it starts to build the tension of the album. And right. Uh, I, I, the chorus for me was what sold this one. Um, and this was one of the songs, I don't know, probably fourth or fifth favorite on the album, but it was one of the songs I liked more than the others. And I uh, felt like it was good opener. And I, I think too, thematically talking about faithful, there's a lot on this record about, faith and well masters um leaders taking that step in initiation or whatever so i kind of like that thematically it also start, starts the album out on a strong foot so definitely good album opener yep uh waited all your life and um, i'll just start this one because i'm excited when i heard this one like like you said this one comes in soft and then really hits those notes this one was like take a step back and we're going to hit the acoustic which is awesome because the their acoustic is excellent. And that's the the guitarist. That's his brother. Yeah. And, um, he is excellent. And I love the, the way he uh, plays the acoustic. It sounds fantastic. It's got a super cool groove. I like that this kind of takes a step back 
and uh, I, I don't know. I like this one quite a bit, and it's because of that acoustic guitar. Yeah, I think. Um, uh, yeah, it's, this one didn't stand out a ton for me. I think it's very pleasant. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, got a little bit of a ballad or power ballady feel. Um, I feel like this is the first time on the album. I mean, it's only the second track, but it's I'm like, mm, this one's pretty Zeppelin. <laughs> the, yeah, the guitar does like that yeah. acoustic does sound a little bit Zeppelin-y. Um, but there was just something kind of like reassuring and nice about it that I yeah. enjoyed. It's kind of fit in this nice yeah. little pocket, and I dug That's it. I said it's pleasant. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, so then, so we're going back now. So we're kind of having some variation on them. The falling sky is the next one. Uh, what'd you think about this one? I, this is one of the highlights for me, honestly. Um, it's kind of a, got a bit of a, like kind of a loose kind of rambly feel. Um, uh, I dig the harmonica a lot. I don't know if that's, uh, I don't know if that's Josh or one of the other guys, but, um, yeah, just real solid grooves, and uh, I, I I like the the line, the holding up the falling sky. That's some really cool imagery, and you know, so I, I I dig this song a lot. As this was one of my favorites. I like the intentions of the song. I don't like the song. Okay. Um, I like the opening guitar riff, which I thought was cool. Um, this one for me is like josh overselling it i i don't feel like i don't there were like he hits these high notes these big like large notes this one was a lot of yelling with this kind of rough edge never really I like it man i know and i love a good growl or screaming or whatever but for him i just he never settles into the pocket at all it's just all okay. that kind of and i don't like that this one to me felt like the least interesting um, of the song. So this was actually probably my least two favorite songs. Okay. Oh, there it is. So Jake plays harmonica. Yeah. Josh does sometimes, but I don't think he's trained. I think he's more intuition on the spot live. Thank you. So we're looking at Jake playing harmonica on this song. I did like that part cool. of it. And I thought the opening guitar riff was cool. Yeah. There it kind of lost me. All right. Well, that's, you know, I, I always think it's interesting when, you know, we hear two very different things from the same song. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's why we talk about it. Yep. All right. Next one, Sacred the Thread. What you got? Um, This was, you know, looking at Spotify, it has the plays. I think this one had the second most plays. Mm -hmm. um, Behind uh, Meeting the Master, probably. Yeah, of course. Um. And I, this is, uh, you know, it has kind of, there's a little jangly on the guitar, uh, mm -hmm. which is kind of cool. It had a little bit of an ethereal feel. I think the dynamics in this song work really well. The part changes and all of that. It, I, structurally, I think this song's real solid. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. This is my favorite song on the record. And... Uh, it's for a couple of reasons, actually. And the thing is, that was so weird is when it first started off, I'm like, what are they playing when the levee breaks? You know, it's got that <laughs> drum opening. But that, that's where I feel like they're just unapologetically saying, all right, we're like Zeppelin. I just, I don't even know. I mean, some of it does sound specifically Zeppelin-like. 
just a few times though. Mm -hmm. I think with his voice, like, you know, you can't, you can't shake that comparison, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and it all just sounds so seventies. I think it just, you know, you can't get away from it or they're not trying to get away from it. Whatever. When you do that opening with that drum beat, you don't care. You know what I mean? And so normally that would be a turnoff for me, but the song kicks in and I just, this one for me is where I love his voice because he hits the big notes, but then he also sings in the pocket where he's kind of like just singing. I don't need him hitting every note every time and really belting it out there. I feel like he's all over and it really works. The other thing I really love about this is he's singing about his jumpsuit, you know, the (laughs) dorky jumpsuits, but it's so poetic at the same time. There's that crazy juxtaposition that I think is so cool. I and mean, it, it doesn't get much more poetic than the title Sacred the Thread. <laughs> and well, Sacred Thread, obviously, in like, you know, Hindu culture is this big thing of this initiation into like the your people or whatever, you know. And so maybe that's his jumpsuit. But that's where I love it is the the lyrics are so poetic and so cool. But then you also have that part where he's wearing this ridiculous jumpsuit. And I think it works so well. And I just love his voice on this one. And that's why it's my favorite song. So, And uh, Sistine has said, also, Josh draws out and designs his own jumpsuits. <laughs> why isn't she on this show? She I don't even know. On I, this show. I don't know. Do you want to just call in Sistine? Come on. <laughs> We've got a super fan in-house. Like, she should have been here. I'll send her an invite if she wants it. Uh, Okay, then we go to Runway Blues. It's a one minute and 17 second song. Thank goodness. Thank goodness, really? Yeah, I I told Sistine this, and and we've talked about it before, the mid-album slog. This is the start of the slog for me. I disagree 100%. I I wanted more of this. I really, really wanted more of this. All right, why? Uh, I it just I mean it's just a jam. I it, the drums are great. I feel like it's kind of uh, you know people put blues in the titles of songs, and it may or may not be exactly blues, mm, but right. it definitely has a blues inspired feel to it. And man, I just really was enjoying it and just like as soon as you get into it, it really <laughs> it it, it's it's over and i'm like what in the hell so yeah i really That's enjoyed funny. it that is funny yeah i didn't I, it was just a throwaway for me on the record um and then indigo streak it was okay i think they even made a video for this one and i'm not sure okay. why i don't enjoy this song disagree this was (laughs) another one of my favorites and i I just think it's kind of it's got like kind of a sexy slinky groove to it uh the harmony vocals are fantastic uh it that i don't feel like they did that really very much at all on this album so Mm -hmm. to hear the harmony vocals that's you know and not to say that you know i get tired of josh's voice you know he's amazing but it's just something different Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) i know yeah i don't i just didn't like it i don't know and it was for me it was an odd choice to make a 
a video for. But uh, anyway. well, Sistine says I'm in my redemption arc. Well, uh, uh, we're not done yet, so <laughs> hang on. <laughs> but you're almost there. Yeah, just hang in there, Bundy. You can do it. <laughs> um, all right. What about Frozen Light? Um, I, I didn't really have too much on this one. You know, it's got that great kind of, you know, retro 70s sound. It's, you know, it's kind of a solid rocker. I don't think it's anything terribly special. I d- yeah. I'd like the chorus. But I feel yeah. like I think this is the one where I think they say the frozen light like way too much, if I remember correctly. I didn't write that down, but I think this is one where it's like, they just kind of um, I don't think so. Repeat it a lot. Maybe I'm thinking of something else, but no, I think it says it one time in the mm. pre-chorus. Maybe let me look. Yeah, I don't think they say this one over and over. I must um, be thinking of something else then. But <clears throat> um, this was one of those where I didn't love it musically. But I like the lyrics. Um, okay. I think they paint a pretty cool picture. It's kind of like that old Robert Frost poem uh, where you go in the woods, or the, uh, uh, what was it called? Stopping in the woods on a snowy evening or whatever. And um, I, I kind of dig that. Uh, frosty bite for searching souls, drunken laughter and dreams and gold, anticipation, the distances, dancing, the smell of something in the air. I just, it feels like this is more of a poem than a song. And I didn't love it musically, but I loved it lyrically. Yeah. So, but this is the end of the slog for me, by the way. Okay. So, and apparently you're going to be in trouble with Sistine shortly. So, let's go from there. <clears throat> All right. The Archer. This is her favorite song. So, be careful. Tread light. Um, no, I really like this one. Uh, it's kind of, I, if it was a little bit longer, I feel like it, you could almost call this one an epic. Um, Mm -hmm. and I did not look up the lyrics. I I should have, I really should have, because I couldn't make out everything, but I feel like this one is kind of telling a story. Mm -hmm. And it, again, that I think would contribute to the epicness of it, potential epicness of it. But now I really, I really like this song. Uh, I mean, this is a, like a seventies radio hit all day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And so we looked it up, and Sistine will have to put it on the screen here in a minute. But what I found is that Sarah, which it keeps mentioning Sarah like it's a name, means iron or noble woman in Sanskrit. Okay. And Sarah Ropa is a bow. So I'm assuming that that is what he's referring to when he says Sarah all the time. Okay. Um, and it feels like there is something really deep. Like you said, there's a story going on in this song and I don't yeah. know what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of want to know. And I think when you take this one, maybe meeting the master, I feel like if this album was a novel, it'd be a fantasy novel. Cause yes, it feels like absolutely. there's an epic story going yes. on. Yes. It almost, um, when he says Sarah, it almost sounds like he was saying Sauron. So I was like, <laughs> They can't be going into Lord of the Rings. I mean, it's already enough that with the comparisons, like on oh, Zeppelin <laughs> doing uh, Misty Mountain, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, but there, but that <clears throat> is true, though. I mean, it does have that feel. I just, I think if you would listen to their records or reading a, a fantasy novel, you would be in heaven, sure, because there is definitely some 
interesting stuff going on. But yeah, I like the Archer. I thought this one um, was real. This one really sounds good. And um, eventually, I'm hoping maybe he'll talk about it a little bit more so we can get. Oh, okay. We have the Tibetan translation. The one who has shot the arrow. Also, lots of speculation in the community on what it means. Also, in the music video for Meeting the Master, they shoot an arrow into a ring over fire, almost ceremoniously, into a ring more into our fantasy series. Or <laughs> Let's call Josh and see if we can write a fantasy with him. <laughs> but seriously, though, they really do have that kind of epic, um, I don't know, There's and Meeting the Master, when you see the video. Yeah. It really fits into this whole idea of a, a fantasy novel. So, yeah. and that is the next song, "Meeting the Master," and um, <laughs> I'm going to put it up there on the screen because I don't care. Josh is the fantasy. Well, truly now. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So, um, "Meeting the Master" is just a great song, and it really does highlight his voice, hitting all those huge, big notes, um, and it. I guess it kind of is uh, poking fun at people who follow other people as their master fervently and um, inevitably it, it ends in crap, you know, when you follow somebody like that. So, but um, his voice is epic, beautiful acoustic work on this song, just like that second song. I feel like this, the acoustics here are just absolutely amazing. And this is just a great song. Well, <clears throat> oh, here it comes. I Here disagree. Uh, his vocals on this song are absolutely amazing. Out of the park, right on. I think the rest of the song is kind of boring. It, like, I mean, I I get what you're saying, but it didn't hit me that way, and I just it just kind of bores me. And it's a longer song, so mm -hmm. I feel like there's more of it to bore me. <laughs> I think it's only like 18 seconds longer than the Archer. Yeah. But um, this is the one where I wrote, God, this should be a fantasy novel <laughs> because it really feels like it. Um, I think it was my second favorite song. Oh, gosh. Here we go. Imagery in the end of the song, he is crying red blood, which is supposed to represent blind adoration. And that makes total sense because when we're talking about fervent love for somebody who is your leader, Trump, for instance, you will be let down. <laughs> just saying um all right so that brings us to the album closer farewell for now so the title alone makes it a good album closer but yeah. um i think it's a fitting end to the to the album to a concert to this little small chapter and for me what i wrote down which is funny what you said earlier monday to me this sounds like it's saying farewell to 1979 <laughs> because it, they do they just they're so like just sweet in that spot right there in the late 70s and um it's a great song and it's a great mix of josh's vocals yeah i think uh the 79 yeah saying farewell to the 70s i think that's a fair assessment um uh, thematically yeah uh, this is a good way to close out an album if you have a song on your album called farewell for now where else would you put it um mm -hmm. there's really there's you know not much in this song that really grabbed me um it was just kind of okay it sounds so, good this is a sweet song yeah. yeah this one very much reminds me of um 
waiting all your life or waited all your life the second song they both have okay. that same kind of you know acoustic feel light hearted yeah. you know sure so uh, but that was a great album closer i think the opener closer were were good and we had a lot of good in between for me there were a couple of down spots but overall i dug it and i think it would be interesting as time goes on if he would kind of let us all in on a little bit more of what is going on in each song because there's definitely a poetry here it's mm -hmm. just it's inaccessible in some ways okay yeah i don't disagree so um what would you rate this album and will you listen again um highlights for me definitely the uh, falling sky indigo streak the archer um i would probably go three and a half out of five um i'm not a huge greta van fleet fan i it's they're very much uh you know if i hear them on the radio i probably won't change the station kind of band for me but i don't go much deeper than that um so i'm probably not gonna listen to this a whole lot i i don't listen to them a whole lot at all so you know that's mm -hmm. kind of where i'm at yeah i think i get it nice... i i understand it like i get it but that's it's just not my band yep understandable i think you did a nice job with it though for you know not being your band i think you um, actually yeah. got it um i would feel similarly as you uh, except for that i would change sacred the thread is my favorite song um the archer is excellent meeting the master is wonderful um waited all your life well, those are like highlights for me and i would say three five three seven five out of five i didn't i i felt like there was there was a little lull so i didn't absolutely love 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 the album but i did like it it was good apparently i've been told that i need to listen to their previous record from beginning to end okay because it is amazing just so you know that's what i've been told i feel but, like um, i this band for me it's like you know when that first song hit and you hear i mean it, it's just it's the josh kiska show you know it's mm -hmm. like i mean it, it is so amazing and i understand the robert plant comparisons but i think i don't think he sounds like exactly like him no i don't know either that you know but um they hit so hard with that first song actually. And I really dug like the first couple of songs I heard, but mm -hmm. it, you know, it's just not, it's not something I just keep going back to. Yeah. And for me, I really wish he would do more singing on the down low, so to speak. Like not mm -hmm. everything has to be hitting huge notes. Not everything has to yeah. be after you finish the line, hitting a whoa, whoa, whoa or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think he's just, excellent and i wish we could get more of that and, and i think that's why i like sacred the thread so much is there's a little bit of both and yeah. he just is an excellent singer i yeah. think guitarist is amazing drummer i mean they're a very talented band for sure yeah absolutely so, and they're um, young as hell for as young as they were when they hit it's mm -hmm. like holy crap kids are actually playing rock and roll you know yeah so. and, and kudos to them for writing lyrics that are poetic and are sort of enigmatic so people mm -hmm. can kind of place them my thing is on some of them they're almost too enigmatic where sure you're almost frustrated listening to them where some of them you may not have the same idea as the the person who wrote it but you can definitely fit it to your life yeah so 
But uh, I want to address that Sistine's little comment there about uh, celebrating Josh coming out. I think, you know, that's wonderful. I good for him. I'm glad he finally felt comfortable enough that he could do that. And, you know, I hope he's much happier and healthier and, you know, good for him. Yep. Absolutely. People just need to be who they are. So, all right. Well, uh, another album chalked up. Well done. And next week, we are looking at an old favorite from the show. But this one's just an EP. It's Aphex Twin. I think it's just four songs. Okay. So, we're really going to have to are hit it hard four, on the samples. Are they like four 20 minute songs, maybe? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Can you imagine if they're like a minute and a half? <laughs> it's going to be the shortest show ever. <laughs> No, I don't know anything else about it other than Aphex Twin is cool, and uh, they've got a new batch of songs coming out. There's uh, in the the few weeks coming up, there are quite a few albums that we are fairly interested in. So yeah, I think we should have some cool shows coming up. I keep stumbling on different things, so I found a couple I'm pretty excited about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we will definitely hit all of those, and uh, it would be awesome to have some more folks on the show. If you didn't check out our last show interview with Odie and Mariana from Project Renegade, you should check that out. They are just two wonderful people. Oh, I keep finding live shows to go to as well. I just uh, found another one. I think uh, my youngest son's going to go with me, and one of my cousins, I think, is going to meet me there. And I might have a, a buddy that's going as well. So I think we're going to go see Stabbing Westward. Nice. They're playing at the Hi-Fi. I've never been to the mm-hmm. Hi-Fi. So, uh, what did, what date's that? Uh, it's actually two days before the ghost show. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just looked and I saw Helmet is back at the Hi-Fi. Yes. Yeah. And I they're saw in that September. Too. And I'm like, oh my gosh, is that? And so I see Pumpkins on the 9th, Pearl Jam on the 10th. I think they're the 19th, but I want to go. I love Helmet and yeah. I have not seen them live. So I've never might, seen them either. Might hit that one on the 19th. So. All right. Well, next week, Aphex Twin and songs that sample other songs. That is super exciting. Mr. Mundy, will you tell us where you can find this show if people want to find it? Uh, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, SoundCloud, uh, YouTube, which we should be live on now. Uh, The Kokomo Lantern Facebook page. Did I miss anything? My Twitter page. Oh, well, I don't care about that. <laughs> Where can we find you, Mr. Mundy? Uh, on Instagram's easiest spot. Uh, it's just my handle from the show at Metalhead Mundy, M-U-N-D-Y. Excellent. And you can find me, Foggy's Pal, on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find us on all those awesome places. Please share with your friends. Like us whenever you watch it. And um, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of our episodes. And until next week for Aphex Twin and songs that sample other songs, we will see you later. Bye.